All right, what's up, beautiful people? I hope everyone is doing amazing today. Um, on today's episode, I have a buddy of mine, Mark Hinton, who is an athletic trainer uh, with track and field at the University of Arkansas. Um, he's got a lot of really cool experiences, and so we sit down and we talk about kind of his journey, how he chose his career, and it wasn't his first choice. And you know, we talk about kind of his path and how he sort of navigated to where he is now, and kind of lining up his passions with his work. And so, uh, a lot of really cool stuff. We talk about his journey. We talk a little bit about burnout and the work setting, and um, you know, and touch base on a couple of other things that kind of help uh, that can help some people out uh, whether they're in athletic training or not so uh, stay tuned listen and uh, I hope you guys enjoy all right welcome to the Eli Kasab experience Mark what's up man not much bro just <laughs> riding high on this Chiefs victory right now oh, there you go <laughs> man that's awesome good day to be a Chiefs fan that's awesome <laughs> this week yeah <laughs> for real yeah that's right um that's awesome though. Congrats on the on the win. But um yeah, man, no, thanks for, for being on the podcast and uh you know, um, appreciate you reaching it's out. My pleasure. And, um, you know, excited to kinda of chat with you and talk talk with you and figure out um you know, kind of you know, you've been around the block a couple of times, so you've had some uh pretty good experiences, so kinda of pick yeah, up man. with all that stuff. It's been but, a journey. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yes it has. And we met like uh I was a graduate assistant. I think working track and yeah. field. Um, about ten years ago or so, I think. <laughs> to date ourselves, about, yeah, <laughs> yeah, crazy man. Yeah, bro. But yeah, no. So I mean, I've known you for a while, but for you know, for people who um, don't know you, whether in athletic training or not, if you want to just kind of let them know, kind of who you are, brief, you know, give them a brief summary uh, about you, where you're at, and what you do for you know, you know, your career and work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I st- so I started doing athletic training at uh, Johnson County Community College uh, back in like 2005. So started doing shadowing stuff. Realized that I kind of took to it and really enjoyed it. And then um, transferred to Emporia State University and worked under Doc Baxter there. Um, then <laughs> I applied to one graduate school. So I kind of put all my eggs in that basket of applying at the University of Arkansas. And I got accepted as a GA position with track and field. I did my two years as a GA. Then I left for about four months. My boss, Gwen Davis, went and uh, left for Florida State. And then I came back as an intern that rolled over to full-time for going on well, nine years as a full-time, 11 years at Arkansas. Okay. Well, on my 11th year. Man, a lot of years of experience right been, there. Yeah, it's been a ride. <laughs> nice, man. So, and now you're still at Arkansas, um, yep. primarily with track and field, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And do you do anything else outside of that, or is it just primarily focused? Uh, <clears throat> my primary assignment is uh, track and field and cross-country, specifically with the women's team. Okay. Um, I do, you know, do side work as, as most people do. And then, uh, uh, obviously help out my coworkers if they're, you know, need a, a new set of eyes on something. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they keep me pretty busy with the, we actually have a smaller roster this year of, uh, about 49 people. So usually we're up around 70. So we're, it's a pretty small roster right now. Man, that that's awesome, man. Nice. Yeah, they take up a lot of my time, so yep. I do other things when I can, but uh, it's usually just track and field related. <laughs> man, no, for sure, man. I definitely know uh, that track and field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, that's awesome, man. So just to kind of, um, you know, no, I, I mean, I appreciate the summary of where you're at, what you did and stuff, but uh, now let's uh, kind of want to talk about your, your journey and how you ended up with athletic training. You know, how you ended up going to school, um, and kind of, you know, choosing this, this path. Um, you know, when did you, you know, when did you decide that this is what you wanted to do? Like, was it middle school or high school or were you in college? Did you change majors? You know, um, how did you know you wanted to do athletic training? Uh, I mean, really it wasn't until my last semester of community college. Okay. I was supposed to go to a different community college to pitch for the baseball team, but the summer um, before I 
was supposed to go, I blew my shoulder apart pretty much. So, um, you know, it's at 18 years old, I kind of had to make the, the big time decision of if I wanted to continue to go, uh, down to play or rehab or everything else. And I, uh, just came off a of surgery. So I didn't, but just me knowing myself at that time, I knew that I didn't want to just go into rehab and not contribute. So, right. Uh, I basically made the decision to give up my scholarship and stay home more or less to go to Johnson County, uh, just to kind of get my feet wet and figure out the whole college deal. Uh, and then, my, uh, my mom, actually, she's a, like a counselor at high schools and has been in education for years. Uh, so doing the counselor thing, she was like, you know, there's this, this prevention and care of athletic injuries class that you may, you know, really enjoy. And you can ask the professor, uh, Bill Beasy, who is the, uh, head athletic trainer at Johnson County, um, if you can shadow him. So, you know, I went in and first day, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed the, the syllabus day of, you know, things that going over how the semester was and it seemed interesting. So, right. you know, I asked Bill, I was like, Hey, do you mind if I come down? And that was the semester that kind of twisted it in for me because I was like, you know, I really kind of understand this. It just makes sense to me. Uh, I mean, I, I wanted to, you know, go to animate animation school or, or whatever really? and be like an animator for a while. <laughs> uh, and then wow. wanted to do something maybe with criminal justice, uh, took a class at Johnson County with that. And it just kind of didn't click with me. But then when I started getting more, you know, into athletic training, I, I was very green, but I sort of just understood the objectives of what I was trying to do. And that's kind of what makes sense to me. So it's just kind of what helped me decide like, Hey, I really want to pursue this. So, you know, I just kind of jumped in head first and, and haven't then, really looked back since. Jeez. Now I joke with people. I'm like, I don't really know how to do anything else. So you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't your, your first choice then. It wasn't like you came out the gate, like this is what I want to do. And coming out of high school, like I'm going out that training. And just went gun ho for it. Yeah, I'm actually surprised with uh, with folks, uh, you know, especially as I am further along into my career and, you know, kids come into the grad entry-level master's program that we have here, you know, they're like, I knew I did stuff in high school and, and I knew that I wanted to be an athletic trainer. I think that's really cool because I, I mean, I interacted with our athletic trainer in high school because I was hurt a lot, <laughs> and, but you know, people didn't really know. And I would argue like somewhat people still don't necessarily know, you know, that it's a career path or an option. I think it's becoming more commonplace, but it's definitely something that, uh, when I was in high school, I wouldn't have even thought. But then as I went on, I was like, you know, when we were doing stuff, when I was injured, I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Nice. That's crazy, man. So, but I think it's cool, you know, when people, like know that early that that's what they want to do. Yeah, no, I I definitely wasn't one of those guys. I was all over the place, man. Yes. I started off like military. I mean, in like high school, I just thought it was cool with playing around guns and stuff. And oh, it's and still cool. Kind of. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, like I know, right? Like you know, <laughs> go to the military, play with guns, and shoot stuff. I don't know, right. but anyway, man. Yeah, I uh, think we're through a period of time where. I was wanting to do electrical engineering yeah. and like just stuff that I thought about, you sure. know, but I, I think training wasn't first, uh, you know, I knew kind of something along the lines of it, but not, not mm. specifically, you know, but, um, so, so you basically, you get out there training and you go through it and you apply for the program, you get in, you go through school, um, and then you graduate, mm. um, you know, I think the school part, for the most part, we all kind of understand, you know, what all that entails. You go to classes, tests, you pass classes, and you learn, you know, change the fundamentals. And now you graduate, and you're, you know, you're getting into the real world. And now, just talk about the transition from going from college into the career setting. You know, I got you got your graduate assistantship. So, what did you do? What did you learn after 
you got in your graduate assistantship, you know, you know, did you fall into your, did that position fell in your lap? Um, you know, did uh, you have a network where people kind of came and, and helped you out get it? What was the process like, um, you know, getting that position? I mean, I kind of, I had a slight connection to, uh, of being friends with our team doctors. And so that was a good segue, but a lot of it too is I would probably describe it as a, you know, I just applied and it, it, it kind of fell in my lap and I got it. You know, there was obviously okay. uh, people whispering in, in the people's ears that were doing the hiring as it goes with most of the, of the job stuff with, uh, you know, athletic training and just really a lot of jobs in general. But yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I kind of put all my eggs in that basket and it, and was just hoping and praying that that's how it worked out and it and it was it just went my way that time i guess so what about um so after you started graduate assistantship now you know mm-hmm. um you you know for for those of you that don't know graduate assistantships are basically you know um for the, you basically work for the university and then they pay for your schooling and then give you some sort of stipend um a, a, as well but so mm-hmm. but your graduate assistantship what was your experience like um, and, you know, what did you learn during your graduate assistantship that you didn't learn in school? You know, what was kind of unexpected? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you yeah, know, like yeah. your professors, you know, they kind of teach you all the stuff to pass the test and stuff, but not necessarily what goes on um, afterwards. So, I mean, I think for me, I had to evolve like I had to evolve quick, you know. Because coming from, you know, Emporia State's like a smaller D2 university. And I came from working mainly like football and basketball, or baseball, not basketball. Um, So I had to switch my thinking, not only to, you know, get in line with how track and field works and how the athletes function and think and, you know, the approach that you're going to take to healing and preventing and try to cure injuries you know, um, but had to really evolve. And I think the best way, like the best description I always tell people is the first year that we ever did inventory, um, you know, stocking up the training room, I was slowing down the process like crazy because I kept playing with everything <laughs> because I had read about it, yeah. uh, but I'd never like seen it. And some of the stuff I'd never even heard of. So I'm like kind of trying to acclimate myself with that. You know, but we didn't we didn't have those things. Like we had to do things with orthoplast and white tape, and yep. you know, it was just a smaller school, so we just kind of had to figure it out. And I think it, I think it actually made me stronger as an athletic trainer because you know, being able to think critically and being able to, you know, make adjustments on the fly and and you know, do things that may need to to be required to help get kids ready to compete. Um, that you may not think of unless you've kind of been where you don't really have a lot where you just kind of have to make it work. Yeah. No, I, I've seen a lot of that, man. I've just kind of like the, you know, learning on the fly and adapting. Um, the adapting quality is, is huge, at yeah, least with our profession, sure. you know, and it, and it just carries over into so many other areas and stuff, but man, that's, uh, it's you, so you constant. That. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it makes life and work just so much easier um, and you almost can't function if you don't have that, you know, ability or skill. Um, but just adapting your environment, man. And it just, Oh yeah. I mean, and if you're just stagnant and happy with where you're at, then, you know, in my opinion, you're just not working hard enough or you don't want it bad enough that you want to keep getting better and learning more and you're thirsty for knowledge and all that stuff. Like, you know, uh, as successful as the program has been, I'm, still not even close to being complacent because like I fail every day all the time. Like that didn't work. You know, I'm still sore or whatever else. Like I can't change this, prevent this or whatever else. And, and that's just never been like satisfactory to me. And obviously I'm realistic in the fact that true injury prevention is pretty much impossible, but I'm trying to get, my knowledge base to where we can just try to get as close as possible with the track and field stuff. And that's all you can do, man. That's awesome, man. I, and I love hearing you talking about, um, you fail all the time because I think that for some people is oh, really hard to admit, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a, it's such an important quality to have and to understand that. And is, you know, we all fail and it's, and it's like, it happens, but it, it's not a bad thing. You just, you learn from it. You know, each failure, it just, it teaches you something and you're always growing and growing, you know? And, and I love that, man. That, that, that's awesome. There's just constant growth. Um, and you know, and, and wanting to always just learn and grow and not fear mistakes. And, um, but you know, you can't get complacent and you do oh, that yeah. by not, you know, stepping outside that comfort zone. Well, and, and man, this, in this profession, it'll chew you up and spit you out if you're, if you're not passionate about it, I think, you know, and I mean, that's, it's just one of those deals like with, with the immersion of the clinical experiences. And I'm actually a big fan that they're starting to do an actual immersion part in entry level programs where you don't have class all you do is clinical i think that's clutch because one of the biggest things that i've always thought has lacked in athletic training is the reality of school clinicals to actually like being in the field being a clinician constantly being at people's you know beckoning if you will like because there's always something that needs your attention you know, and um, it's just a matter of understanding that before you're in too deep, because I think that's a, a contributor to why the burnout so high, and, you know, and I, I mean, but everybody burns out. It's just yep, a matter of absolutely. if you like, <laughs> if you want to keep going and, and try to make adjustments or, you know, change it or do something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen it a ton of times and it's, it's nothing against anybody. It's just, that's just what it is. Yep. I mean, you're, you're a good, I know the discussions we've had, you're a good example of that too. So yeah, I, you know, just I was one of the guys changing I was like, your environment. I, yeah, you have to change your environment, you know? And I remember like, you know, like younger, like my freshman year, you know, I just like, or when I graduated college, I was like, totally fine. Like I'm not going to burn out. I'll be totally yeah. good. And I just, you know, um, it's just, and the pro level was okay. But when I got to college, I was like, man, I just, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like and I didn't know it was going to happen to me, but it was just, uh, it was just crazy, man. But like you said, you got to change your environment if you're not enjoying or not happy, but kind of on the topic of burnout and like, and especially in athletic training, you know, um, I've just been getting so many people reaching out to me, you know, about my burnout experience and stuff. And like you said, like a lot of people are going through it, uh, like, you know, whether it's in the past um, or now, but I'm just trying to figure out like, what are, you know, like, how do we, how do we mitigate some of the the burnout, you know, right, you know, in our profession. And I'm trying to like, you know, I don't know what I can do as a single person, but just besides be vocal about it and, and talk about it. But do you have any ideas on you know on that like have you personally experienced it or you know i've known people that have gone through it um you know and what they've done or what you've done um to kind of you kind of help with that you know just from getting burnt out oh yeah i mean i I tell every i tell every ga that i've had i tell every student that i have like you're gonna hit a wall and i describe myself as i hit three walls every year one in cross country one in indoor and one in outdoor And it's not like what I would consider burnout, but you're just kind of like, I'm ready to be done. Right. And you have to find like, you know, your reason or your why is to, you know, keep showing up, have a good attitude because like, you know, people depend on you. And if you're not holding yourself accountable, you know, then how are you going to be able to help people? You know, it's kind of one of those things that, but I mean, burnout is very real. I mean, I've talked so many people through it or out of it or away from it or whatever else. But I mean, I'm just kind of the type of person that's like, if you don't like it, change it. If there's a problem, just take care of it. Like, and that's why, you know, I joke with the girls all the time. I'm like, when, you know, say you have a significant injury or a small hamstring tweak or whatever else. Like my facial expression doesn't really change. I'm just kind of like, let's take care of it. Yeah. Because that's just what it is. Like it's not, it's not in those situations. It's not like life and death, but you just got to get taken care of. And that's where like we fail all the time, but then it doesn't mean you, you know, stop trying. You just keep going. There's always something else to do or you just reassess and start over, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like I, I think, uh, with, 
you know, we've so long in athletic training tried to be like, we need to be more in the public eye so people understand, um, you know, what we do, who we are, what we really do, the many different hats that we wear. And, but that's also kind of a troublesome thing because then when they do know that, then people are coming at you like they need this, they need that. Everybody's a, a medical specialist or a medical professional. You know, it's, oh, I did this and that. And and that's just the added stress and pressure. A big thing for me is, you know, trying to avoid it is trying to get a better balance for the work life aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's, it's, I'm obviously a very, um, exception to that rule because my wife works at the same university that I do. So I see her daily <laughs> at work and not just at home. Right. Uh, that's so huge. that's a little bit of more of a balance because she balances me out. Right. Cause, you know, right. I'm up here and she's down here in terms of just level headedness. So I'm the <laughs> loose cannon, <laughs> uh, oh, but uh, no, Keeps I mean, it, it's, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, and yeah. it's just a matter of, you know, finding your balance of that. I think a lot of it too is like, as more and more light is shed on what athletic trainers actually go through in terms of, you know, burnout, mental stress, everything that everybody goes through. I think that's going to lead to some change of like the, the uh, staffing needs, because obviously more people, better work-life balance. You can cover this, you can cover that, I'll cover this. And, you know, you divvy up the actual, like, ratios that are supposed to be in place for the amount of athletes you're supposed to care for instead of stretching yourself so thin that you're just like, man, I'm done. Yep, yep. And and I've seen that a bunch of times, and you know, and that's where, I mean, a lot of our GAs have even gone on to either be, like, uh, PEs, PAs, yes, yes, OTs, or you know they finished their masters and went back to to PT school, or or um, just go and get their doctorate because they want to teach. And a lot of it is because it's like covering what you have to cover is not what they expected because of their lack of immersion, like into the clinical. I mean, I. I knew what I was getting into from my first day in undergrad because, you know, I'd work in undergrads from one to seven and that's not every day, but that's, that's because I wanted to be there. Like I wanted to learn and so on and so forth. And that's why I tell every student in GA, I'm like, you're going to get what you want out of this. Like I have a lot of stories to tell and experiences that you can learn from or take whatever I tell you and, and hate it and then do the opposite because you're still working towards the same goal. But unless you like actually commit and get, you know, your feet wet in your clinical site, you're going to get out into the field and be like, Whoa, I did not expect that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and it's all the extra stuff that people like, you know, I tell people all the time we moved all of our, our water jugs from the outdoor to the indoor because we're you know we're kicking off season on friday and we don't have a permanent athletic training room at the indoor so we move everything down and i'm the only one with the truck so (laughs) so we can and i'm like this is the stuff they don't teach you that you get to do in school or yeah you know like dealing with broken massage tables and things like that and our alter g went out again this week so i gotta fix that and you know it's just it's not just so straightforward as as they make it seem in school or even with when you take the boc it's like this hurts this is the cure like mm-hmm. that doesn't work right yep you know oh, it works sometimes but but it's just so it, i think it just skews the reality mm-hmm. well and and also man and, and part of the reality is that you know a lot of the times you know you're dealing with upper management or the upstairs is, you know, as far as equipment and staffing goes and, you know, like if the alter you're breaking down, you know, it's like, you know, requesting to get it fixed and now you're having a dealer, you know, or you, if you have, you don't have one and you want one, you're trying to request it and, you know, they may or may not have the budget for it and they may or may not have the resources to get it for you. And so, you know, it can always like change from place to place as far as kind of who can do what, but like, you know, some places are very supportive of the athletic training department. 
and some of them not so much. And you're trying to, you know, kind of deal with that and, and deal with the politics side of things, yeah. as, oh, yeah. you know, and, and function at the same time, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, I think the, the biggest lesson that I'm able to teach like our students and stuff is just, you're dealing with the human element and the human element is imperfect. So you just never know how people are going to respond, but then you're, you know, you're asking in my case, like 18 to 22 year old kids to immediately pour all of your trust into me, but they don't know you, you know, and somebody's told them something else their entire life. And when we do things a little bit off kilter of like away from the norm of athletic training and um, because track is just different, as you know, then they're kind of like, whoa, why don't we just stab it with cortisone or, or do like stem or ice baths or why are you telling me not to ice bath or whatever else? So, you know, it's not just going to be like, Hey, here's what's wrong with you. Do these to fix it and you'll be fine. And, there are exceptions, of course, but a lot of it is is just like, did you do your rehab today? No. Did you do recovery today? No. Did you get eight to ten hours of sleep last night? <laughs> no, definitely not. You know, so and that changes with each level that you're working at, of course, but or whatever your setting is, but uh, right, you know, right. that's going to be something that's going to wear down on you potentially. Because they're still looking at you, like like you said, upper management. People are looking at you, like, well, why are these people not getting better? Right, right. And then, you know, and they're not, you know, they're just looking at you, like, you need to fix it. And they don't realize all the extra stuff that we kind of have to deal with mm-hmm. that they may not know yep. about, you know. And like I, I've been there, you know. What I mean, I've been there where you know where you get guys that come in and you're like, guys will walk in, and you're like, yeah, let's let's hop on the bike, you know, um, like ten minutes, warm up, and like. And like, nope, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm out. You know, like, okay, so... Why don't you, why don't you um, use that heat pack? <laughs> All right, 30 seconds later, I'm warm. Yep, <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. All right, hey guys, sorry to pause in the middle of your podcast episode. Um, it's kind of a long one, so hang in there. Um, whether you're driving, walking your dog, running, working out, I don't know what you guys are doing when you're listening to this episode, but just trying to break it up a little bit an hour of just talking, 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 I know it can kind of like, you can kind of zone after a little bit. So just wanted to break it up a little bit. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, so hang in there and I appreciate you guys listening and I love you guys. So back to your, back to your episode. All right, here we go. You know, and that's the other thing too, man, is some of them, you know, it's, you know, it's just the soft skills. It's, it's dealing with all those different personalities and that's what they don't teach you in school. Oh, totally. You know, and the different athletes you're going to run into and the different coaches and, um, you know, and how you're going to deal with that. Like that's, yeah, that's a totally different ball game, but yeah. I mean, for me, a big one here was like different and working with so many different nations, you know, and that's really mm-hmm. cool. What kind of molded me both personally and professionally that I'm just, I mean, I'm just kind of like, Hey, you're you and I'm me. Like, it's just, let's just take care of it. You know, we're, uh, you know, I got, had people from, you know, like the Sudan and you have to approach them differently than like the Germans that I've had or the Islanders that I've had, you know, and you, and you have to like keep an open mind and respect different people's upbringing and culture and everything like that. Because if you come in on, you know, certain people that like guns blazing and they've had a history of abuse that you don't know about or something, then you're not going to have a good working relationship with them and they're not going to trust you and come to you with things that, you know, maybe the the ultimate key why they're not performing and it may not be physical. Yep. Very true. I mean, a lot of it is a mental game, So you know. Oh, totally. You know, it's. You know, I want to say we're like, we're, we're part like, you know, like taking care of them physically, but then part psychologists where, you know, we take care of them mentally as well. There's, there's a lot of, you know, like a, a psychology behind it, you know, you know, with the athletes, um, you know, and just dealing with the different personality types and, um, learning how to talk to them and get through to them. And yeah, I mean, one thing that really kind of hit me, it took me a few years to adjust to it. Cause, but it also makes me very prideful in my work is like, you know, when they do, when the kids do start to trust you and realize that you actually like give a shit, you know, you're like, Hey, then it makes sense why like they want you to be at away meets or 
they get upset. Like if they go multiple places and I go one place and the GA goes the other, mm-hmm. you know, they want you there. And that's kind of a thing to, to, that it took me a while to understand, like, you know, it should just be like, you're getting the same sort of thing. And they're like, no, but it's just like that, that sense of, you know, calm or whatever, or confidence or whatever, you know, adjective you want to put with it to that they feel right. when you're there. You know, and that may be making more of than what it really is, but that's just kind of a, an observation that I've had, you know, because, you, you know, you see at any athletic event all the time, you'll see people running around like, where's Mark or, or where's Cole or where's Eli or where's, you know, whoever, like, because they need you. Yep. Yep. They, so. they built that relationship and that's what, yeah. uh, it's a support system for them, you know? For sure. And I think that's one of the most valuable things that we do, but you're right. Like, you, you know, one of the, one of the things I did just for, it was interesting to me, but also in college, I took like as much psychology as I could because mainly because it would interest me, but that has benefited me <laughs> so much doing this stuff. Oh, that's awesome, man. I mean, it's both personally and conveying it to other people. It's just like, right. Whew. <laughs> I did not expect that. Yeah. That's huge, man. I wish I would have done the same thing in college, man. I kind of learned everything on the fly just through, you know, trial and error. And, you know, I could have saved myself a lot of headache just if I learned a couple of things uh, early on in college. For sure. But, yeah, that's huge, man. But oh, it's, it's been invaluable. That's awesome. That's exciting. So, um, what, uh, so now working with the athletes – in your field and stuff, what's the, what's an average work, um, work week or work day? I know there's not an average cause it's all over the place, but what would you just say another, there's a number of hours that you put in and in a day in a week or, you know, when do you usually start? When do you usually finish? What's your schedule like? Um, maybe during the season roughly, you know? Um, so like we'll start, <clears throat> we'll start classes back tomorrow. We've been practicing since pretty much the 30th is when the earliest kids were, were asked to be back. So the, you know, for those days we, we would work from roughly 10 AM till about 3 PM. Okay. And you know, that's with three different practices. It could have gone from 10 to six, 10 to five, you know, something like that. But, um, that was pretty average, but now that when school starts back up, like I'll I'll roll in about seven thirty in the morning or so, um, and start seeing kids around probably eight thirty or nine o'clock. Part of it is I like to go in a little bit early just so I can uh, like have a little quiet time and get my paperwork and stuff squared away that right. I need to. I gotcha. Uh, and then I'll be done around like six p.m. each night. Okay. So I kind of. It kind of works out the the crossover because I'll get in at seven thirty, and then Cole that works with the men's team comes in around nine, but he stays through lunch where that allows me to go home for lunch so I can let my dogs out and just kind of reset before the before the afternoon starts. Nice uh, with practices and stuff. So then we'll and it can go. You know, it depends on what else. Like if we have doctors clinic on campus then i mean that you can be on campus till like seven thirty, eight o'clock you know if you're if you're dealing with difficult cases and having to catch up with doc about a bunch of stuff right, right. um but i mean i'd say probably average of about 12 hours every day just give or take depending on oh, what yeah. happens because you never know what or what's happening up. and and is that every day you as know, in that, i know like every day for some people might be like Every day, like Monday through Friday, but your every day is like, is is that seven days a week or? Uh, Usually like we actually have, um, we usually have Sundays off and um, actually my sprinters are practicing right now, but I had to, uh, my GA is going to cover that. So I'll cut her a break uh, (laughs) sometime this week leading up to our first meet. And then, uh, um, but I mean, that's just that's just what it is. Like, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And she's been really great so far. I'm just like, it just is what it is. Like, you know, if that's, if this is the level that you want to work at, you're unfortunately, you're going to have to give up a little bit of that, uh, freedom, if you will. Um, right. Right. You know, it just kind of, it's, what are your professional goals of that? Like, again, it, it, you know, if you want to be 
of a very effective athletic trainer, it's I equate it like to you're available, but also like that's kind of what keeps you motivated to continue to learn and stuff too. Um, that may be making more of it than it is, but right. that's just my view on it. No, no. I mean, I'm with you on that one, man. I was going to say, you know, I think that, you know, with athletic training or really any profession, um, but at least like early on in the career, you know, you got to grind it out. Like you, you, oh, yeah. you got to put in your time. And I think yes. that at least, you know, uh, and I think people have different views on this and I know we share similar views on it, but, um, I think, uh, you know, other people might have some different thoughts and ideas, but I think that too many people are coming out the gate, you know, work life balance, work life balance, but they're not, not putting in their time, um, early on, um, you know, to establish themselves. It's like, and well, why would you need to do that? Well, cause you don't, have any experience you got to network you got to learn you got to be in the trenches and the only way to do that is to just to do the work and and, and grind and, and and be there and just stop worrying about that early on in your career you know and i think now we're just in an in an era or an age where it's uh you know i heard i hear a lot of people complaining about you know newer grads and coming in and stuff and and they you know come in late or leave early and they're just not they're not there um as often as they need to be. And it's kind of hard to, you know, for them to learn the things that they need to, to help kind of project them and move them forward in their, in their careers. So, um, I think that's just something that's really important for either young professionals or not, you know? Um, but it's, it's something where you gotta be just, if you're, if it is your, your, uh, something that you're truly passionate about to make sure that you get in there, um, you network, you work, be in the trenches and at least you, you know, you, start building a foundation, um, to, to build on, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying like get burnt out your first year, but you, you do got to put in some amount of time, you know, so at least you set yourself up for success in in the future. And I just, I think people are kind of getting that mixed up, you know, of that agree. with just getting burnt out and it's just trying to find that balance, you know, between the, the two. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, you know, it drives me nuts when people think that they're like above the day to day tasks like I've been doing this for close to 15 years and that's not even close to like how long other people have been doing it. And they still do these things too. Like I still fill water jugs when I'm the first one there, make water bottles, clean the tables, mop the floor, like just the things that need to be done. And so many times the kids have been like, yo, I'm not, I'm not doing that or, or whatever else. Like they think that there's stuff going to escape that like oh i did that in undergrad i'm not doing it in grad school i'm like yes you are <laughs> and it's kind of like you said like you gotta you gotta put in your time people say pay your dues all the time i mean yep. you you have to be willing in a industry that you like sh- could hold a, a very valuable set of skills that people like reach out to you for but you're gonna have to sacrifice like some to, if you want to be that i think i mean and that's not to say like you have to do all athletic training all the time but like you said you know if you want to be good you gotta find a way to get good and that doesn't always just go with like reading books and and stuff like you gotta apply it and be with athletes and understand their mindset and 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 things like that just because that's what's going to make you good Yep. And, you know, and just being a practitioner, mm-hmm. like, like you can read about all you want, but until you practice it, you're not really going to get good at it. So, oh, yeah. You know. I mean, and I think the other thing too is, you know, it's also what people don't realize is that there's also, they're also building habits. Um, you know, so when they get into, you know, the mindset of, I did this or, you know, already, I don't need to do it in grad school. Um, yep. then they stop doing it for so long and then it becomes, their new mindset, their new habit, and they're just kind of natural habits so that when they get into the work setting, it's not going to come second nature to them. And so then basically, you know, and they just have a hard time seeing um, what needs to get, you know, what needs to get done and getting things done. And, you know, and so, um, 
you know, and that sort of just kind of piles on and, and, and adds on as, you know, they do that with one or two tasks, uh, you know, there's one or two tasks are in a three or four turns around a five or six and, you know, pretty soon, you know, now you're just end up doing the bare minimum and just not doing anything outside of that, you know, and, and that'll hurt you in the, in the long run because, you know, that's, you know, basically developing your reputation with those around you in, in mm. your work setting, you know, and, and in a lot of other, you know, factors going into that, that I don't, don't think people, oh, yeah. you know, pay attention to those little things. I mean, I think one big thing too, is like, it's very easy to, to get complacent. Like you said, to be like, Oh, somebody, you know, showed up and has like my back hurts. It's so easy to just hook them up to a machine and leave them. And, and, but yeah, I mean, and, and that has its place, like, because those are great time management tools. And, you know, if you have a room full of people, it's like, Hey, let's start here. But you know, it's, it's super, super simple to just be like, okay, that's it for now. But like, are, did you really eval it? Did you really do anything to help make them better that day? You know, cause, and and I'll catch myself a lot because there is a time in the season where, you know, it's like you're going to get a little bit more soft tissue stuff. You're going to get hooked up to more, you know, feel good stuff, if you will, you know, but you're really not changing things with that. And it's super simple to just fall into that level of, you know, everybody that has MTSS come in. All right. Stim and ice that but is that like changing their running pattern is it controlling their volume is it something else like that there's other factors that are contributing to pretty much every injury and you know it's just something for me like i'll catch myself all the time of like you know i probably need to take another look at this or or change these things up because i'm just getting like robotic and hooking up machines and mm-hmm. and this and that and and um to me it's just like Am I really helping them if I'm just doing that? Right. And and that's kind of what I want for, like, when I was teaching, uh, when I taught rehab, it was just a big thing for me. It was like, there's always something else to do. And if you actually want to be successful and a good practitioner and clinician, then you need to, you know, take a look at things and not just assume, um, you know, that every case is the same. Everybody that has shin splints is the same. I mean, if you know your sport that you're working with, you understand like where the movement deficiencies are going to lie. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, but even like I continually am like, stop getting lazy. Like, don't get lazy. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to stay on top of these things. Yep. Absolutely, man. So what are some of the, um, you know, with your, you know, with your students and stuff, what are some of the, mm-hmm. I, you know, we talked about a bunch of different things, but um, what a what are some things that you recommend to them, your students, your GAs and stuff? What do you recommend them? They work on, um, maybe like your top two or three things that you kind of, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of preach to them and want them to work on. And maybe some things that you look for, um, in your students, um, you know, from a foundation or fundamental level, you know, what, like, what do you at your institution look for specifically, you know, when, you know, looking for like students and GAs to hire? The big thing for me is just, you know, I want to surround myself with people that are going to make me better. And that's what I enjoy about a lot of my coworkers is that, you know, they're, they're just as hungry as me to continue to learn things. And so, you know, if I, if I have like, we don't really have many throwers, we have a few, um, but most of our shoulder stuff, just as an example is like weight room stuff or whatever else. And if I have a really complicated shoulder thing, I don't do a lot of shoulder stuff. So I'm going to go to my softball guy or my baseball guy, you know, to, to talk to them and say, Hey, like, am I missing something? Can you take a look at this? Like, right. cause being able to concede like that, I'm, that's not my specialty at this point because I haven't done a lot of shoulders in the past 11 years or so. You know, the, the, the last shoulder <laughs> surgery I did was a girl that, uh, she leaned up in bed and dislocated her shoulder oh, and ended up with a oh, labral geez. tear that oh, she had man. to repair. But, but I haven't done any uh. sports related, you know, shoulder repairs, but just as one example, but for the students, I mean, a lot of it for me is it's just, I want you to show up and I want you to, 
to have a good attitude. And it's pretty simple for me because it's just like, don't come in to track and field because I know the stigma of some track and field stuff is like, it's boring or whatever else. And yeah, sometimes in the fall, like especially with cross country, like until track starts like kicking off, there's not a lot to do, you know? And, and for me, like, especially with the young kids coming in, like I'm trying to build that rapport so I don't let my students do a whole lot of stuff just yet, but towards gotcha. the, you know, the end of the semester, they're having a lot more patient contacts because track has started up and, you know, you're looking at like 150, you know, something people or so that that's a lot of opportunity for contacts. And I put the responsibility on them of saying, you know, I've been doing this a long time. And a lot of it is just second nature to me now. Mm-hmm. So I just go and do things. So it's like, you know, hey, Mark, can you mow my ankle? Or Mark, can you work on my hamstring or whatever else? I don't even give it a second thought. I'm just like, unless I'm, you know, specifically wanting a certain amount of of things with this particular athlete. But if they're like, hey, can you look, take a look at my whatever? Then I'm like, yeah. And so I put it on the students mainly for myself because, you know, I, I just don't realize it that I'm like, if you want to learn specific things, just stop me. Right. Right. Cause like when you, when you get rolling, you know, as you know, like you're just going to start going, you know, you fall into the groove of it's practice time and we're watching practice and trying to make sure everyone stays safe and healthy with that, that you just kind of, keep going. And then, so I'm, I put it on them a lot to say, you know, Hey Mark, let me, can I email that first or whatever? Um, and you know, I had a student this last semester, she hadn't had her, her lower body class. They start that in the fall and we had like a, a pretty simple hamstring, uh, eval. And I was like, Hey, eval this hamstring. And she's like, uh, I haven't had lower yet. I, was like, I don't <laughs> care. Figure it out. Yep. You know, so it's, it's kind of like that shock and awe of like, Hey, let's go. Like we're, we're in it now. That's awesome. But yeah, trial by fire, man. Sometimes that's just the best way to learn, you know, and just kind of oh, get totally. into it. And then those are the moments that kind of stick in your head the most, you know, cause you were just, you know, not ready for it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I tell them, I'm like, I'm not going to let you mess this up. Like, because ultimately at the end of the day, like you're not doing invasive treatments. Like I would be doing like if I'm doing dry needling or something, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to let you just go do stuff, but I am going to give you the freedom to say, Hey, take a look at this and let me know what you think. And I don't care if you're totally off, but right. cause that's what learning is, you know? So, uh, but I, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say that I demand a lot of them, I just want them to, to understand like why we're doing things the way that we're doing them and have an open mind of, of like, I'm going to show up on time and I'm going to maybe take a look at how, you know, specifically Cole and I do things. Cause it's not the norm of stuff. Like the way that I eval injuries now is nowhere near what it used to be. And it doesn't really follow like a textbook eval. It's, more like movement based and joint based. And then that's what, what I'm going to eval. And it's some people are like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, they're like that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's, that's the thing, man. That's just that you kind of just, you know, every year, um, you know, you kind of just change and progress and, you know, to some degree, you know, and, and, and how you did things five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, way different than it is now. And that's oh, totally, you know, but like the, but like the schooling stuff, man. And, and, and we've both been out of school for a while now, but like, I'm yeah. sure that the information, um, isn't much different than we went through it. So, yeah, you yeah. know, if that's not really changing, then, you know, you've, you've got to implement the changes, uh, you know, in the practitionership of it, <laughs> you know? Oh, totally. I mean, they, I, I tell the, the students all the time, I'm like, anytime you think about knocking like the grad program, just don't because their objectives are different than what your objectives should be. Their objectives are to get you ready to pass the BOC and start getting clinical experience. 
And so that's what they have to base everything on. And it's on you to be able to say, hey, I don't necessarily understand this way of thinking or like this way of thinking. There's got to be a different way to do it or something else. And then go find Mm -hmm. it. Because there's so many pathways you can follow in athletic training that it's just so easy to find something you're interested in. Right. And then just follow that. Like if you want to, you know, do dry needling and then just dry needle everybody all the time, go ahead. If you want to do manual therapy, do that. Like everything has its place and everything is a tool. So, you know, but you're not going to learn that just by showing up and going to class and then doing the bare minimum for your for your clinical site and expect to like be the greatest athletic trainer of all time if that's what you want to be. Right. Right. Yep. You have to go above and beyond. You know, that's you you've got to take what the minimum is and you've got to do more. And you know, that's mm-hmm. if you want to be successful at it, you know what I mean? Yeah, like you totally. can do the bare minimum and be just fine, you know, and get a job and, and do okay. But, you know, if uh your aspirations to do more then that's kind of the the route to take. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't fault anybody for or or anything on what they want to do. Like, if you want to be a collegiate athletic trainer your entire career, then do that. If you want to go and work at a high school, like do that too. Like, it, it, you know, it's it's just whatever whatever is interesting to you. Right, right. And you know, I mean, we're all working towards the same goal. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say for people that you know are interested? in athletic training or even in in even the field of track and field that you're in um or athletic training in general you know if there are people listening that are looking into it um what what are some some things that you would recommend to them um that they do beforehand before like getting into it just to kind of help them understand you know um if that's something that they want to do you know help them um, you know, what, what can they do to help them understand if this is something that they want to do, um, you know, and start doing? I mean, I think one of the best things to do is just get involved. I think it's super accessible now. Like if you're, if you're in high school and you're thinking that, Hey, athletic training interests me, go talk to your athletic trainer. I mean, I know that they're, they're able to take on like shadowing students and people that help out. Like, I mean, you're obviously just going to be like more of a, a water person, but you're still like there learning, you're witnessing what they're doing. Um, if you're in college, and you know, especially with the the way that um, the programs are going, where it's you know going to be required masters soon. That I mean, we have a stable of undergrad observational students that are interested in either athletic training or physical therapy, but they like you know they're doing this stuff with us to kind of gain clinical experience and figure mm-hmm. out what's all about. And we've run off a few of them that they're just like, nah, this isn't what I really thought it was. Or, um, they had like a, you know, a closed mind to track and field. Cause like we always need help. And so a lot of them get pinned with us and some have prospered and some have just not, it wasn't for them, which is fine. Yep. Um, but at least they're getting involved, like checking it out and this and that. Cause the, I mean, the worst thing that I've seen people do and, and would never want anybody to do is like go through a, an entry level master's program thinking like, Hey, this is, I'm gung ho with athletic training, like all of that stuff. And then you actually get into the job and it's just like, this is not what I thought it was. Right. Right. But, on that same note, like, I think it's awesome because we are expanding into so many realms of, of like military and, you know, airlines and all that other stuff of just accessibility and opportunity for athletic trainers that it's, you can always find like, there's something else to, that you can potentially do. And if you don't want to do athletic training at all, like, I mean, go do something else and that's fine. But I think if you really are interested in it, then just, just start like shadowing someone, you know, and, and just kind of seeing what it's about. No, I, I, I kind of share the same um, tips with some of the people that I've, I've talked to that are asking me uh, about athletic training is just getting involved, you know, and just getting out there yeah. and, and um, you know, you never know a hundred percent, you know, but you can get, at least get a good idea um, 
you know, but I mean, sometimes like, unless you get involved with it, you never really know a hundred percent if that's what you want to do. But at least if you can shadow and talk to people in the profession, at least you can get a heads up of what you're getting yourself For into, sure. um, and have a, at least a good baseline idea. But, um, what are some of the things at least, you know, that, um, you know, I guess talking about some of the, you know, you talked about some of the people that kind of came through and realized it wasn't for them. What do you think that were some of the reasons that, um, you think that, and it, whether it's in athletic training or track and field specifically, um, but what are the, what are some of the turnoffs and some of the, I guess the turn ons, you know, for, for, um, athletic training, like what are, what, what are the reasons that people step into it? And then what are some of the reasons that people step away from it in your experience personally? I mean, I think with, with track and field and athletic training together, it's the time commitment. I mean, it's an Olympic year. So my, my season will in June 29th and we've been going since mid August, like in season. So, you know, you'll get, I tell people all the time, I'm like track athletic trainers love July. <laughs> yep. <laughs> July is the one month where you're more than likely not doing anything unless you're doing like international teams or something. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but, um, it's just been the time commitment. Like you're looking, I mean, Cole and I, amongst other SEC athletic trainers, and and I just say SEC because that's obviously the conference that we've been in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're, we're kind of the exception. Like he's been in for like he's basically on his twelfth year, whereas I'm on my eleventh of being in track and field. And most people are only in track like three to five years, yep. or it's a segue. Um, position like uh you know they hire a track athletic trainer with the pretty much the the knowledge that you're going to go to football or baseball or whatever else within a certain period of time um but i mean there's a lot of others in in the sec that have been around and and other conferences that i'm you know good friends with uh, across the country that have been in for over so many years and it's just i just always enjoy the challenge of track and field um, uh, but they, I mean, one big turnoff is obviously the time commitment. Um, a lot of, uh, you know, other people have, have got out of athletic training cause they just didn't like the confrontations and, you know, dealing with, you know, admin and parents or whatever else like being, I mean, I don't want to say you have a target on you when you're the athletic trainer, but like you are responsible for a lot of things. And I mean, there's been, you can cite so many of the, of the, the situations that have occurred, um, over the last like few years of, you know, there's been some finger pointing of, of athletic trainers. Like, were you doing things in the best interests and this and that? Right. So I've had people walk away because they were just kind of tired of, of that and wanted to go do something else or, um, but one thing I think attracts people to it is, you know, I mean, how many times do you hear people be like, Oh, I really like sports and and this and that. And, (laughs) and, you know, (laughs) I was really into sports. So I started doing athletic training. I was like, all right, you know, if that's, if that's what keeps you motivated, then that's fine. Um, you know, like I said uh, earlier, I just kind of fell into it. I mean, I do like sports and I love competition and, and this and that, but I think a lot of it is it holds me accountable in a sense of like taking care of myself um, and like being able to have the ability to like, if a kid goes down with a ruptured Achilles, cause this has happened. And, and like, I just am like, without a second thought, just put your arm around my neck and scoop her up and let's just get back to medical and we'll, and we'll take a look at it. But right. like, I mean, <laughs> I was, I was joking, like, man, you'll get body conscious working around track and field all the time you're like man i don't have like a 19 pack going on (laughs) yep yep (laughs) i'm slacking i gotta get my cardio going you know and we're just like you know yeah you know but it uh, it, i mean it holds you accountable like we're we're always challenging each other to stupid human (laughs) tricks and 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 feats of the week as we called it and stuff but i think it's just like the the uh, I don't ever want to say like laid back nature of athletic training. Cause it's really not, but like, you know, being able to, I think you can still maintain your own personality 
and still be a, a very good mm-hmm. athletic trainer. Yep. No, I... You know, so, but I think that, I think the, the time commitment and stuff really freaks people out a lot. So wait, so, um, you, we kind of talked about it, um, in this, um, podcast episode. Um, but, uh, the thing that keeps you ticking and keep you trucking along and keep you kind of motivated, um, you know, cause I know you talked about talking about the, the growth and, and, and progressing and learning, but what would you say is some of the things that, uh, some of the big things that kind of keep you going, you know, especially with how many years you've been doing it, um, in track and field, um, and athletic training in general, you know, what are some of the, you know, what kind of, what kept you motivated all this time, man? I mean, a lot of mine just interests, like following injuries and things like that it, it, and movement and stuff. It's just super interesting to me. And so, you know, trying to correct and, you know, perfect, if you will, you know, people's movements and things, and especially in their running stride and things like that. Like that's a, that's fun for mm-hmm. me. Like it, it's interesting to me because awesome. everybody's different. You know, there's no one standard formula on one, what to correct and two, how to correct it. Um, so that, that always keeps me really interested. Um, I mean, the, honestly, the other is just the, the athletes themselves. Like, yeah, there's days when they drive me nuts, <laughs> but yep. that's, you know, you, you take out an athlete and you like change it with like a boss in an office or something like there's always something's going to drive you nuts in, in right. the workplace. Always. But, but I mean, just like the, the, I'm, I've never been one that wants to be publicly like thanked or whatever else, but like. You know the 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 little cards and the thank yous and the text messages and just just seeing them be successful. Like I mean, I've had a handful of the kids that had like long term injuries that we had to work day in and day out to overcome, and they go back and like beast this huge race that we've been you know getting ready for, and they just come running over to you in tears because they're just like happy to be oh, able to man, do that that's, again. That's amazing. So being able to give that back to people is kind of what what uh, keeps me motivated. Like it's just a matter of you know where it's like does does collegiate track and field hold a huge precedence over the rest of uh, these kids' lives, or not even just track and field, but just like collegiate athletics? Like, yeah, I mean. Maybe, maybe not, but it's also like something that could shape these kids and and you could have an effect on that in terms of like changing their, their outlook on things or their acceptance of things or whatever else. Um, and so that's kind of what keeps me going. I love, I love hearing that, man. That's, uh, that's awesome. Um, and, um, that's good stuff, man. I appreciate you sharing that and, you know, and you found something that, you know, it, lines up with your passion and, and what drives you and, and, um, and lines up with your career and your line of work. And that's, that's huge, man. That's awesome. For sure. Congrats. Definitely. Um, but shoot, man. Um, uh, I think it's been a, a good, good conversation, good discussion. We've got a lot out of it, you know, and, um, (laughs) but, um, you know, anything you, you know, you wanted to end with, uh, before we wrap this up, um, any final thoughts on your end? No, no, I think we, I think we covered most of it. We're, we're, <laughs> we did, we yeah, did, man. We covered a lot. Um, but no, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, bro. you know, I'm glad you reached out and again, and I'm glad we got it done and, and, you know, hopefully get some value out of this and, and help some people out, you know? So, uh, you know, I think the profession is always growing, you know, and, a lot of stuff that we talked about uh, is out there training focused, but it does, you know, also relate to um, other areas and other professions as well. But, um, you know, hopefully out there training uh, figures out uh, how to, you know, decrease the burnout rate and get people in the positions that they want. Um, you know, like you said earlier, a lot of different sure. uh, settings uh, are opening up uh, in this profession. So thanks for coming along. Of course, man. Um, Anytime. But, um, if you guys, uh, if you guys ever need anything, just Mark is the man. Um, Please reach out <laughs> over at University of Arkansas. So reach out, let him know, let him know if you have any questions about his work or track and field specifically, or or anything, you know, or let me know and and feel free, 
reach out, uh, let us know. But hopefully yeah, you're okay yeah, with me course. putting that out there. Yeah. I didn't really ask before no. we started this. That's why we do these things. <laughs> but I just, uh, yeah, man, no, I, I, I love it. And I appreciate the support, man, and, and, and sharing your, your story, your insight, your journey. And uh, yeah, man, um, uh, now I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you all later. Okay. All right. All right. Go Hogs. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you guys found the episode helpful or useful or just interesting. Um, you know, if you guys uh, have any comments or um, thoughts during the episode, or even if you had something that kind of stood out to you in the episode, just please reach out. Let me know. Um, either uh, tweet me um, at Eli Kasab or just send me a DM through Instagram or any one of the social media pl- platforms. I'm kind of everywhere. Um, or you guys can just shoot me an email. It's uh, Eli Kasab at gmail.com. Let me know if you have questions for me or for Mark. Uh, feel free to reach out to, to him or either one of us. And um, yeah, so and if you guys enjoy the podcast, please you know share and and uh, we'll see you next episode. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, peace.